0: Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21 Radio. We are in the last portion of Daniel chapter 11. I'm titling this episode, Antiochus and Antichrist. And we're in verses 21 to the end of the chapter, verse 39. And starting in verse 21 of Daniel 11, the focus turns to Antiochus Epiphanes, a wicked ruler over the area today would be Syria. Uh, Israel was kind of caught in the middle. At times he ruled it, at times he lost control of it. And there is another ruler in Egypt he was always fighting with. And Antiochus lived from 175 to about 165 BC, and his title, Epiphanes, God, his own title, means God manifest, so Antiochus thought rather highly of himself. Now, modern scholar, and the reason I keep mentioning this, because I guarantee you've probably heard this from both Catholic and Protestant Bible teachers saying, Daniel only refers to historical events in the centuries before the first coming of Christ, the B.C. years, the couple of centuries leading up to the coming of Christ. Now, why is this wrong? Okay, I'm going to show you specifically why this notion that Daniel is to be cemented in the historical past and no relevance for today or the future, why it's wrong. Okay, in Daniel chapter 11 verse 31, it says this: "Forces from him, from Antiochus Epiphanes, shall appear and profane the temple and fortress and shall take away the continual burnt offering, and they shall set up the abomination that makes desolate." In the Septuagint, this is abomination, desolation, or the desolating sacrifice. Now, On December 16th, 167 BC, I'm getting you down to the day, Antiochus Epiphanes commanded the abomination that causes desolation, and he erected an altar to Zeus in the temple area, and for a burnt offering on this uh, altar, he offered a pig, which, of course, was abhorrent to the Jews, okay? Okay. December 16th, 167 B.C. Now, fast forward about 200 years, around the year 30 A.D. in the spring, Jesus Christ prophesied that an abomination of desolation was yet to occur, an abomination of desolation was yet future. And when modern scholars say, no, this is only talks about the time period of Antiochus Epiphanes, well, Jesus didn't think so. This is what he said, Matthew 24, verse 15. So when you see the desolating sacrilege spoken of by the prophet Daniel standing in the holy place, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. So you, <laughs> that theory I just lit some dynamite under, and this wasn't really difficult to do. Obviously, Jesus thought that the historical reference to the abomination of desolation committed by Antiochus Epiphanes didn't have an expiration date back in the B.C. days. It had a continuing relevance. It was a foreshadowing of worse things to come. And we know 200 years later, Jesus is quoting The abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel, and it's yet future. I have quoted part of a uh, paragraph from a South African biblical scholar by the name of Wendy Witter, and she has a commentary on Daniel, and I'm going to read to you two paragraphs. Now, this may not sound a whole lot to you, but she has put together basically the most balanced and forthright explanation of how the past, how the first century, and how the future can all work together in prophetic understanding. Listen, did Jesus speak of the fall of Jerusalem in 70 AD? Yes. Did Jesus also speak of the eschatological end? Yes. In fact, by alluding to Daniel's desolating abomination in the temple, Jesus invoked a complex typology of prophecy and fulfillment stretching all the way from Nebuchadnezzar to the eschatological Antichrist. The temple had been initially desecrated by the Babylonian destruction of Jerusalem. Then again, several hundred years later, under Antiochus, the desecration by Rome in the first century fell on a continuum of fulfillment that will culminate with the ultimate sacrilege of the Antichrist. Those are two great paragraphs. If you, yeah, By the way, if you want those, just send an email to askthehost at gmail.com and I'll get those to you if I can get her permission to send those out, okay? Now, all I'm saying is don't cement Daniel to the past. People, it, it, there are historical references and Daniel 11 is chock full of them. And there's extensive reference, historical reference, to Antiochus Epiphanes and what he did back in 167. But it's not limited to that. And somebody who's saying that is not giving you the full picture. He's giving, or she, is giving you a partial picture. Now, I'm going to show you something else, that how both the old prophecy in Daniel 11 couples with prophecies about the future given in the New Testament. So it obviously didn't expire, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's go to Daniel chapter 11 and verses 36 and 37. And the king, this is talking about Antiochus, shall do according to his will. He shall exalt himself and magnify himself above every God. Well, when you call yourself God manifest, I think you're fulfilling that. And shall speak astonishing things against God And he shall not give heed to any other God, for he shall magnify himself above all. I'm just going to repeat in those two verses. Exalt himself. Magnify himself. Magnify himself. Okay, that's Daniel 11. Now let's go fast forward a couple hundred years. Now we're in the New Testament, and St. Paul is writing to the Catholic Church in Thessalonica, his second letter to them. In chapter 2, he warns about a future antichrist from the first century, okay? And listen to the description St. Paul gives. Now concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, that's the second coming, and our assembling to meet him, let no one deceive you in any way, for that day will not come unless the rebellion comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of perdition. This is pretty widely agreed that this is the Antichrist being described. Now, verse 4 of 2 Thessalonians 2, we are going to couple with those three phrases I gave you from Daniel eleven thirty six 36, and 37. Again, Daniel 11, exalt himself, magnify himself, magnify himself, Okay. 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 4, who opposes and exalts himself against every so-called God or object of worship, so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, proclaiming himself to be God. What's going on here? Daniel 11 is warning Daniel and the Jews that even though the restoration is going to take place back to the land of Israel, it's going to be really tough, because this wicked ruler is going to come, and you read First and Second Maccabees, and you see what they went through. It was unimaginable, okay? And one of the characteristics of this person is exalting himself, magnifying himself, not giving heed to any other god. And then St. Paul uses practically in 2 Thessalonians 2, 4, the exact description of a future antichrist that historically was true of Antiochus. What gives? It's exactly what I've been trying to share with you. Antiochus, if you wanted a full-color 3D view of what a future Antichrist will be like and what he will do, we'll look at Antiochus Epiphanes, read Maccabees, uh, read Jewish history, and see what happened. Um, This is all there for us to see. But my point is, for whatever reason today, modern scholars by such incredible numbers, I'm, I'm trying to restrain myself here, are insisting that what Daniel is talking about in chapter 11 about Antiochus is just limited to the first century. And I've just given you from Jesus and St. Paul, This you don't need a PhD to figure this out. There's a continuing relevance to this. And Daniel 11 is a specific historical prophecy about Antiochus, who would come before the first coming of Jesus, and a rock-solid foreshadowing of a future Antichrist before the second coming of Jesus. Okay? That's it. And if you got that, you're way ahead of perhaps the most common view today of Antiochus. Daniel's prophecies of Antiochus' epiphanies. They are relevant. Now, I'm just going to give you a little bonus to this episode. Now, remember, we are not in chapter 12 yet, but remember when Daniel wrote Daniel and every other book of the Bible, there were no chapter divisions, okay? It was just the next paragraph. And we go into Daniel 2, he says, At that time, uh, Michael shall arise. And in verse two, it says, and many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. Now this in Daniel 12, two, remember this is just the next paragraph after describing Antiochus Epiphanes, it goes on to talk about the resurrection. Now, resurrection didn't happen BC. The resurrection didn't happen in the first century. The resurrection is yet future. But doesn't Daniel have historical reference? Yes. Doesn't it have application to the first century? Yes. And does it have reference to the future? Absolutely. And anybody who tries to tell you different have lost their marbles, because this is as clear as clear could be it's difficult to see through the fog, but once the fog lifts, you can see what is going on and just hang on to this. Compare Daniel 11 with Matthew 24. Compare Daniel 11 with 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 4. And if it's all history, what's the resurrection? There's very few references to the resurrection of the body in the Old Testament. What's the resurrection doing? Isn't that yet future? It is. Daniel talks about past, talks about the first century, he talks about the future, and that's the way to view these things. And there's a lot of experts who will take one of those three time periods and say, this is all it refers to. And there's truth to what they're saying, but it's not the full truth. The full truth is 3D. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 169 of Luke 21 Radio. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. To learn more about biblical prophecy, visit us online at luke21.com.